Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yoga Revealed Podcast. This is Ali Pashal Rubin here to welcome you back to another episode with inspired practitioners, students, teachers, walking the walk, talking the talk, and living life through the lens of yoga. I have exciting news. Join me and Andrew Seely and fellow incredible yoga teachers as we meet up this summer at Drishti Beats Festival. July 8th through 10th, 2022, in beautiful Snowmass Village of Colorado. You can find more details on the description of this podcast or at their Instagram, Drishti Beats. And why our beats saves you some dollars at checkout when you're getting your tickets for either yoga and music or one or the other. But you gotta know, Polish Ambassador, Desert Dwellers, Frameworks, Lapa, Random Rap, and so many more incredible artists are not only going to be playing musical sets, but they're also DJing our classes. We will see you there. It's going to be so much fun. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to a friend and San Francisco-based teacher, Danelle Numis. 17 years deep into her practice, she shares the layers of how yoga is constantly evolving her and teaching her. For those aspiring to be teachers or those seeking to find more balance as a teacher, this podcast is for you. Enjoy today's episode of Yoga Revealed. Namaste, Yoga Revealed podcast. This is Alec Michelle Rubin. Happy 2022. Wherever you are right now, I hope that you're able to slow down, pause, take a deep breath in, and feel your feet on the earth, feel your breath in your chest. 
I'm super excited to, to be here on Yoga Revealed Podcast with you, myself, and with a beautiful soul that I've known over the years, an incredible yoga teacher, student, and inspired practitioner on the path. I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Danelle, Miss Danelle Numis, hello. Welcome to Yoga Revealed, my friend. Thank you, Alec. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, Danelle. It's wonderful. I, uh, we've been in multiple fields over the years from mutual trainings and teachers and cities. And now you're, you, you've been off over in the Bay Area for many years following the, the journey of teaching and practicing over there. And I've, I've always wanted to share a conversation and always right in time. It, it, it happens. Yeah, I'm excited for our conversation today. I love it to know. Well, hey, I'm curious, you know, our listeners, they always know, they always expect it. How was yoga first revealed to you in your life? What was that as story like? Yeah, as a yoga revealed listener myself, I was expecting this question. So, um, <laughs> great. I've, I've thought about it. Um, I usually say that it was first revealed to me while I was in college. Um, I was in a sorority and my sorority sister was a cheerleader. She was a couple years older than me, and she just invited me to practice in the chapter in one day. And we had, I think we had VHS tapes at the time. Pretty, pretty <laughs> sure about that. And we just started with Patricia Walden um, and Rodney, of course, and um, just started practicing. And, you know, I, earlier in college, I had gained like the freshman 15 and it changed my body. I just started feeling much more confident, um, much more aware of who I was. and. I changed and transformed as a result. I mean, even my advisor in college saw my transformation and, and mentioned it to me several times, like how much I had grown in just a few years. So that's how it was first revealed to me, but that is mostly the physical practice. And I, and I feel like because of this question, and I've known this question for a while, I've just thought more and more about how it continues to reveal itself to me. So yes, it was mm. first revealed to me in that moment. Um, but it continues to astound me how much I learned from this practice. And it obviously has gone beyond the physical for quite some time. So mm -hmm. I'm super grateful to having yoga as part of my journey. Right. There are layers, right? I, I, let's go into that a little more. Like, you know, I think for, for, I, I, I relate. I, when yoga was first revealed to me, it was very physical at first and it was physical for several years. And even within that physicality, I could go, we, we can go to a certain depth of self, of mind, of body, of soul. And I wonder for you, you know, you're in college. I was in college as well. Um, I was in a fraternity as well. You know, so I, <laughs> I understand they, they, they rushed me with the extreme sports fraternity vibes. It was fun. And um, yoga found me, yoga revealed itself to me in that way. For, for you, what was that journey like of chasing the physicality? Like what was, what was so enticing to you and what was, what was being revealed to you then? that was like, wow, this is worth my time. I want to, I want to explore this and give myself to this. Yeah. I I'm glad you asked that because I forgot to mention this, but, um, you know, I grew up as a dancer, so I wasn't, I was never really, I never considered myself to be an athlete. You know, I tried to run track. I tried field hockey, lacrosse, like all those things. And I wasn't really good at anything like that. So I grew up as a dancer and it was not competitive. It wasn't competitive dance, but it was modern dance. And it was what we called like an off-Broadway production because we had a lot of great um, dance teachers and, and master teachers. 
And so I loved the movement-based practice of that, um, but it is pretty regimented. You know, I studied ballet and point and modern dance and all that stuff. And um, the good thing about lyrical movement is that it's more of an exploratory practice. And so I think I gravitated towards yoga because of that. Um, It is a movement-based practice. Yes, there are certain guidelines to follow, but there it, it is open for interpretation. And I love that it wasn't competitive. So I really was only competing with myself and I could explore the experience on my own and then allow it to evolve over time. You know, I never thought I'd be able to do scorpion pose, right? <laughs> One of my first teachers was in New York City and she had this website where I was just amazed at her just rocking scorpion. And sure enough, like I I can do it now. I mean, for now I can do it. It might not be there (laughs) in the future. Unlikely that I'll have it forever. But um, I'm grateful that I was able to challenge myself and it wasn't about anyone else but myself and my own journey. I think it's a wonderful thing to go into is, you know, competition, right? And the competition, when we go in the yoga room, there is no competition with others. And if someone is comparing or if someone is creating a competition within themselves towards someone else's journey, that's, that's their ego. That's their process, right? It's a very, not what yoga is about, but I think it's something that we could go into a conversation around just impromptu is the the competition within self. Like, is yoga actually a competition within self? You know, I'd love to bounce back and forth on that. Like, what's your experience? Right. Even as I'm talking, I'm realizing, like, my my ego is talking. <laughs> you mm. know, like, I um, am humbled, so humbled by this practice. I continue to be every day. I try to teach my students that as well. Uh, but it's amazing to me how much we can get caught up in, like, oh, I can do this. And proving myself to myself is part of that process. Mm. And then also taking myself out of it and realizing, no, 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 it's just the physical like meat suit we're in, right? It's not Mm. so much about that. It's about challenging yourself, meeting yourself where you are, giving yourself this opportunity to evolve and also letting it go (laughs) because you're not attached to it, right? Yeah, you know, I, I relate to that in many ways where I could lie to myself right now and say, I've never competed with myself in yoga, but that's total BS. You know, I mean, right. I, I I chased for myself, I chased the yoga asanas and specifically once I got into Ashtanga, I went first, second, third series and halfway through until I found injury, right? Until injury mm. found me and that became my teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I had to really take a back seat. And that's when I met Eddie and I anger yoga and yoga on the inside came into my life and it became much more soft and I was able to not be in a competitive state towards myself, but actually find ways to nourish myself. And then that, mm-hmm. that became a whole different relationship to yoga. And I think those are like, kind of goes back, it kind of brings the conversation a little more full circle to where we began, where these layers, these mm-hmm. layers of exploration mm-hmm. and how, you know, you're saying yoga is still teaching me so much and me too. And I wonder right. for you, what is like, could you, take a few, take us a few layers into the onion of like, what is it that yoga is teaching? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well for the one age is a great teacher. (laughs) So I started when I was 20 and now I'm 37. So that plays a huge role. Um, while I've gotten stronger and much more confident and I feel like I am probably in like the best 
stage of my life. You know, I'm mm. continuing to evolve, of course, a lot of growth along the way. Um, I realized that the physical practice will not always be the same for me. You know, like I do I, last night I was teaching, um, like revolved Janna Shashasana. And I'm like, man, this post, this post feels different. <laughs> this post feels different. Is it just me? And I said that to my students, like, is it just me or am I aging? Like, what is this? So I think I've made peace with that. And when I was younger, when I was first introduced to yoga, I don't think I understood the mindfulness aspect and the importance of pranayama. So I almost feel like I'm a novice at a lot of that. I, I, I know pranayama, I can teach it, but have I really truly explored it to the, um, to the level that I, I am capable of and has pranayama played, you know, a transformative role in my life? Yes. And no, you know, I, I, I breathe with a lot more fullness, but, um, I've learned a lot about how as humans, you know, we're, we're breathing like incorrectly <laughs> in mm -hmm. Westernized society. Mm -hmm. So that's a big piece. And then certainly for meditation, I mean, my meditation practice has like waxed and waned over the years. Um, but I truly believe in the power of just sitting in stillness and maybe it's not, um, a programmed like meditation app that I'm using, but I'm okay being in silence. I'm okay sitting with my thoughts. I'm, I'm not as anxious. I mean, I am anxious, of course, <laughs> the pandemic proved that to be true but I'm a little bit more grounded and settled and um, content with doing nothing mm. and saying no and doing less and all that stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, the layers, philosophy, meditation, pranayama, I mean, all of the acts, you know, the yamas and the niyamas, all of that um, have been projected a little bit more in my life as I've aged. And that's I've explored the practice. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's um it helps us see for anyone who is just brand new to yoga or has been practicing yoga for 17 years, which is amazing. That's awesome, Danelle. Congrats for just being I can't believe it. I just did it. I did the math. <laughs> yeah, for being true. consistent and being devoted to something that's beyond you and me, and it is for our collective, right? I um I've, I've been able to maintain a yoga meditation practice every day, twice a day for almost six, seven years now. And my pranayama practice, one thing I'll share, I, I love, I don't have a consistent every single day pranayama practice, but when I am nourished, when I'm wanting to be nourishing, I'll take laying down pranayama as it's taught in Iyengar yoga. And one of my favorite things, I started to do this in 2016 when my, when I heard that light and light on light on pranayama, light on pranayama, on, light on pranayama by BKS Iyengar, he teaches one of the first introductory breaths is a Chandra or a Surya Bedna. Inhale, right, exhale, mm -hmm. right, nostril. Mm -hmm. And doing mm -hmm. that just two to three minutes every day for three years. And I was like, I'm going to awesome. do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> and I did it for about 12, 13 months. And then tragedy struck my life. And one of my best friends died. And I just threw everything out the door. And my practice became crying and prayer in mm. that space. And I haven't mm -hmm. since then mm -hmm. brought Chandra Bainda back in, but it's been percolating in my mind. I'm like, okay, there's something there. And, and yeah, you know, I'm not a pranayama expert. My teachers are definitely much more versed in the pranayama realm, but absolutely teach and practice it. And there is so much depth there and I'll, I'll share and I'll, I'll pass this back to you. Cause I know you've, you've studied with some, um, 
some incredible teachers who are older than you and older than I. They've been on the planet longer. Mm -hmm. They've been teaching and practicing longer. And what I've seen for those who are in their elderly age, they've really turned to their pranayama and meditation practice more so than their asana practice. And it's like, mm -hmm. we're the young bloods, right? And there's something <laughs> about this, this, this depth of peeling the layers to really get to the center goo, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what are your totally. thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, the wisdom only comes with age and what do they say? Like youth is wasted on the young. I, I see, I see so many able-bodied students and I, and I, my heart goes out to them. I like adore them. Of course. I'm so grateful that they're in my presence and I'm, I'm guiding them along the journey. Um, but they're not necessarily going to hear what I have to say until they're ready. Um, and maybe that's the same for me and my teachers. You know, I studied with, um, Shannon Page, who is in Boulder, where you are. Um, first she was my 200 hour teacher. And then I studied with Gina Caputo, who is now my primary teacher, I've also studied with Jason Crandall here in San Francisco, who now lives in Southern California, but all three teachers, um, when I was studying with them, primarily focused on the movement practice. And I would say Jason has a nice way of weaving philosophy into the practice without like having it be forced. Gina has certainly been much more um, keen on developing her meditation practice and mindfulness practices over the years. Um, and so I think I'm seeing them evolve in their journeys and, um, I, I can't help, but feel like it's just going to happen for me too. You know, the older I get, the wiser I get, the more I'm like, okay, like I can <laughs> brush that off and embrace more of the subtle practices. I love it. I love it. So what yeah. is yoga revealing to you right now in your life today? <laughs> Uh, I would say the biggest takeaway from the last few years has been relinquishing control. And it is a daily practice, Alec. I mean, <laughs> I say that with such humility because there are some conflicts that arise or uh, issues that come up and I just want to like change the course of the journey. Yeah, like grip, grip and bear, grin and bear. Um, and... Yeah, like acceptance has come up a lot for me. Um, accepting people for who they are or how they show up or what they can give. And then accepting myself for what I can contribute. And maybe knowing that it doesn't have to happen right away, that I have a journey ahead of me or that it's time, it's the process, it's doing the work. So yeah, I think that yoga has revealed it's not anything close to simply the physical. That is just like the cream on top or the, just scratching the surface, it is more about how yoga can impact my life, impact my relationships and help me to be a more wholesome, accepting individual. It's mm, wonderful. Is that like a, ta is that that. a tall order? It seems like. It seems I like, don't think that's a tall order. I think that it's a divine thing. order. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. would you say is that, what would you say that yoga has taught you through this pandemic specifically? Hmm. Oh man, I am so, so grateful that I had yoga as a resource. Um, I was living in San Francisco in this apartment and um, I was amazed at how much I felt like at ease when lockdown started. Um, I just kind of like went with it. I rolled with it. I did what I could. Um, 
but I think it revealed to, it was revealed to me that a lot of other people had much more of a struggle with this new reality. And I think I was just deeply grateful that I had practices like my yoga asana practice, my meditation practice, um, you know, the ability to sit in silence and do nothing. Like I picked up a lot of random hobbies, like coloring, for example, like I really enjoyed spending hours coloring something. <laughs> like and coloring books? Yeah. Coloring books. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> or playing the crossword or, um, yeah, like listening to podcasts. I mean, there, there were a lot of things that I had access to that I'm not saying like, I'm, you know, um, the one that has all the answers, but I think it worked for me. It worked for me to slow down. It worked. And that was my uh, theme for 2020. If you can believe it, slow down and use your resources. (laughs) And so I think I just, I knew I was like, I was on the right path. And I have to say, I was very fortunate that I could continue to, to serve and teach. Um, I taught from, you know, this apartment, but also like I have a backyard. I, live in within walking distance to a studio. So I would go there and teach sometimes with a recording. So I, I feel very blessed that I was able to continue to continue down this profession and continue down this road because um, I know that not everyone was that, that um, privileged. Mm, I love that. And, and what would one of your messages be to, to, to two kinds of people? So let's go with the first one. So first one is an aspiring yoga teacher. You know, I, I meet a lot of people and I have a lot of conversations with people like, oh, I want to, I really want to teach yoga and, and I want to do this, but the, you know, trying to find the right training, X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, what would your message be to aspiring yoga teachers or practitioners who want to just deepen their practice? Yeah. Um, I would say great. Welcome to the journey. You know, I, I, I feel like being welcoming, even to a, a new yoga student, I'm always like, it's your first class. That's amazing. Like, welcome. I, I try to get them really pumped um, because I don't know if they understand what's about to <laughs> be revealed to them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I teach some impressionable yoga teachers um, in a 200 hour training here in the city. And um, I know they're so green and they're so hungry. And I just, I try to um, bring them back to reality a little bit and say like, this is going to be a journey. Not that I want to stifle them in any way. I just try to be real with them. Like you obviously got here for a reason, but be open to what's ahead and just really try to enjoy it because it's going to go by really quickly. And something that I feel like I missed when I was first starting is like, really try to savor everything that you're, you're doing right now. Um, Maybe you'll remember the first class you ever took, right? Maybe you'll remember the first training you ever took and the people around you and learning from others, like all of that stuff. I think um, it's important to to really tune in to that and be mindful of what you're experiencing in the moment. So I guess ultimately be present, right? Yeah. Be present with every step. Absolutely. I love that. And then uh, what would you say to a full-time yoga teacher who teaches as much as you do? You know, it's a lot. How, what would you, what would one of your messages, and you've been doing it for a long time, you know, you, you, yeah. you definitely have experience in understanding how to take care of self, how to maintain, how to make your ends meet. And, and mm-hmm. what's that journey mm-hmm. been like for you, for someone who also wants that? Like what's, what's your experience been? 
Yeah, Alec, you and I have talked about this, and I, I'm sure I've talked about it at length with so many other teachers. Um, <clears throat> in the beginning, I was a little reluctant. I think like when I first finished my 200 hour, I didn't teach for about a year after my training was over because I didn't wow. feel ready. Wow. And then do you remember do you remember someone named Barb Beard Pasalakwa? She taught yeah, at Yoga Potter. Yeah. She gave me my first yoga teaching opportunity. She was like, just do it. She was like 6 30 a.m. One Boulder Fitness. Uh, <laughs> they, you have yoga for them. just like <laughs> just start doing it. And I did. And they would they would come. You know, it was a small group. It was like in a downstairs downstairs gym basement at 6 30 a.m. Tuesday, oh, Thursday. Gosh. I'll never forget it. August 17th, 2010. That's when I started. And um, I'm really grateful to her because she actually like pushed me. I don't know if I would have been like pushed without that nudge. So I think I always say, just get started. You have yoga to teach them. Go ahead and teach them something. You know, a lot of students now are are pretty, um, they're avid practitioners and, and they maybe are more astute than the average yogi, say like 10, 15 years ago. However, these teacher trainees, these new teachers, the impressionable yoga teachers do actually have a lot of knowledge to share. So I think that they just start where they are and meet themselves where they are and then offer what they can. Mm -hmm. So I would say <clears throat> get started for sure. And also throughout the years, yes, like I'm in denial a little bit about how hard it's been, but I've really wanted this career to work and I've figured out a way to make it work. I mean, you said I've been in San Francisco for a couple of years now. I can't believe it. I mean, it's been over four years and I just, this is, it was one of my dreams. I'm, I'm making it work. It's, it's my reality. It's so, I'm so happy and grateful for that. So I'd say, you know, trust the process, continue down the path, do what you can to make it work. It's not going to be easy. You have not picked, you know, the easy path, but that's also life. And, um, yeah, like if you really want to make it happen, it's going to work out. And of course, my last piece of advice would be to value yourself. Do not accept less just because someone's offering you less. I think that especially if you've invested in a lot of training, it's important that you value yourself appropriately. And then we could have a conversation about what that looks like exactly. But <clears throat> that's a big one for sure. I, I love it. It's it's very true. And I wonder, you know, let's say that there's someone listening right now that is like, hey, I resonate with all of this. And also give me some like actionable steps. Like I want to be a full-time, I want this. Like, I really want this journey as a yoga teacher and mm -hmm. I need to pay for my electricity. <laughs> <laughs> I need to pay for this roof over my head, for my car, for the gas, for my food. What's an actionable step that you would offer to someone that might be beyond just, because someone might already have the yoga studio, um, weekly yeah. classes and they, aren't and you know yoga studios they're crazy it's like mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it's so exclusive and it's so difficult to get into a studio just like that it takes more than a hundred practices mm -hmm. in a studio mm -hmm. yeah and I will say San Francisco was really hard when I got here I mean I had to audition everywhere even though I had uh, several years under my belt I'm I'm okay with that right but um they really only hired people that had 500 hour teacher trainings. So now the thing is, I mean, post pandemic, I don't think it's, <laughs> that's the case, but now it's like, you can't just have an undergraduate degree with 200 hours. You have to have a graduate degree with 500 hours. Mm -hmm. So I love um, that. I think it's I, important. I think it is important as well. And I, I'm 
definitely an advocate for continuing to study and, and continue down the path. But um, I'd say, you know, let it be a journey. Like maybe you do need to have another part-time job in <laughs> conjunction with your teaching because you don't want to bring yourself out too quickly. I would also say diversification is so huge. I teach at a health club. I teach three different locations. I teach at a local yoga studio, um, but I also have corporate clients. Uh, I have some private clients. Private clients are a little bit here and there, not as consistent, but I lead yoga retreats. I have online programming. I partner with Yogi Approved. I partner with Yoga Download. You know, I have a lot of variety. I write articles for Yogi Approved. So um, I think that's important. I think that every day, my day looks pretty consistent, but it's also, it varies quite a bit. I mean, you teach once a week now. How wonderful is that? It's amazing. (laughs) So all your energy goes into an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes. I wish it was a 75 minute class. I've been lobbying for that. I I wish that for you. (laughs) I dislike a 60 minute class very much. And also I'm grateful. I love it. I mean, yeah, they, um, they, they pay me $75 a class, which is an amazing Amazing. offering. And, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I've gone from 15 to 20 classes a week. And even when I was a full-time yoga teacher, I did have to find some additional gigs to help me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get that extra 500 to a thousand bucks that I needed in, in Boulder, Colorado. And you're in right. San Francisco, which is even more expensive yeah. than Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> and, and it's impressive. I think that let's is, not talk is, about it. <laughs> you gave, you gave some really great key steps to someone who's like, okay, what do I do? And the reality is maybe this needs to happen while you maintain and build up uh, some private clients. And, uh, you know, I've had my fair share of private students in the past. I don't these days as I have other priorities that require majority of my time. And also Mm -hmm. I think that I wonder, could you speak to kind of like to explore the journey of social media and yoga and what that relationship has been like for you? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a big question. <laughs> mm. um, I think I used to be addicted to it. If I'm going to be completely honest, I um, wanted to share everything about my life. I wanted to share all the events I had going on in addition to like what I was doing, what I was eating and where I was going and what I was wearing and all, all of that. <clears throat> and Pre-pandemic, I would say my relationship changed a lot with um, social media because I just needed a break. I I found myself Mm -hmm. taking breaks to begin with. And then I just was like, I need like a long sustained break. So I think I um, was off of the platforms for about three months. And then I came back to it, but it was, you know, like maybe I would engage with it maybe once a week. I would still be on it consistently, but Um, then the pandemic happened and I found myself totally gutting my account. I mean, I deleted like a whole bunch of past posts because I felt like I didn't resonate with that person anymore. I, um, cleaned up everything and now I only share like maybe once a month. Um, so I, I struggle with it. I mean, I, I see that, uh, it's important to engage if you want to have a presence and, I feel like I don't really want to engage anymore. So Mm. when I do share, it's usually something that I have going on involving yoga and my profession. It's not so much personal stuff, which I feel like is healthy. 
And I also wonder, like, am I playing the game or am I not playing enough? You know, I think about a lot of the older teachers that I knew in Boulder when I was first starting to teach and how much I respected them for not being a part of it. And they're still teaching. They're still doing their thing. They're still like living their dharma. Uh, oh my God, that's an amazing mug. Can we just check that out for a second? Wow. That's uh, my, <laughs> my lackey goat mug. It's pretty sweet. Oh, I love Thanks. it. So yeah. sweet. I've got uh, my Wanderlust mug with a teardrop trailer because I <laughs> took that around the country. <laughs> I love that. So I digress. Um, so yeah, so social media, I think, is just inevitable in this profession because you do want to engage with people. It is a very um, attractive uh, practice to photograph and to share. And I'm one for yoga bombs and yoga photos. So I I love just like doing a handstand like somewhere random. I just feel like compelled to handstand sometimes. <laughs> it just feels yeah. so good to get yeah. upside down. So I'm not sure if I have a good answer for you, but basically my relationship has changed, I think, for the better. I think it's a little bit more balanced. And I also feel like there's so much power in developing your own marketing. Like I have a newsletter that I send out once a month. I engage with my students before and after class. I know most people's names. That has always been one of my strong suits. I try to get to know them as people. And so I think that has probably helped me grow my, you know, retreat business, say, or my yeah. online online offerings more than posting, posting, posting. But I'm also not like a huge, I, I would I would say I'm a micro-influencer. Is that what they're called? Sure, yeah. <laughs> like t- tiny followings. I love it. I, I think that there's a lot of balance there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I would say like, I'm on a total other opposite side of the spectrum. That's like, I love social media. I know I'm addicted to it, but I'm also a conscious content creator and I'm not consuming. Mm. And if I do consume, it's more engaging to interact with my following on social media for be it my business, be it yoga, be it whatever it is to create connection through online. I mean, my last student that I just had was through social media. They, they, mm-hmm. they bought a three pack and, and bought some superfoods nice. with it. And, you know, it's like, okay, cool. If, I, if it weren't for my consistency on social media, that would, yeah, that wouldn't have happened. And I, I find, a, I find a huge value in the play of social media these days for building our business. And mm-hmm. then also when it comes to finding the integrity where, yes, I love taking a handstand photo and that's not <laughs> the epitome of yoga, mm, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think that a lot of, I mean, I don't know if I want to say that. I would more so say a lot of people who are mm-hmm. yogis and have social media and love posting on social media and love chasing the asana in that category have gone through the experience, myself included, of posting XYZ photos with a caption of a quote for years. Mm-hmm. And that was my journey of yoga and social media, which to me on, on, in retrospect did create a false representation of how mm. deep yoga can be from mm-hmm. the phone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so there's a balance there I found for myself. Um, totally. Yeah. And it's, it's, ever, I mean? it's ever changing. I mean, I, I don't think I could quit right now. I've thought about it a lot. Um, Quit social media? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought of, I thought about it for quite some time. Um, and you know, that could be part of my journey, who knows, but I, I will say that I think it's always evolving. And so maybe I will find like a spark again and feel inspired to share all that I have going on. Um, and right now I'm not, I'm kind of in like a trough, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit in the Valley where I don't necessarily feel that compelled to share that much. And sometimes I have to share, like if I write an article or if I post, you know, a challenge or I post a video, mm-hmm. like things like that, I think are important, um, to share. Um, and you're right. It's, it's all a balance. You don't want to offer a false positive, like say that you're just handstanding, uh, against the Himalayas, like all the live long day. Cause you're not. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Maybe against the flat irons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be a better, better I option. Love <laughs> I love it. I'm enjoying this. I, I appreciate it. Well, I wonder, you know, what's what's uh what else is alive? What else is alive? Just a couple more questions. What else is alive for you and your vision? What's your vision that you're creating for yourself and how you want to be able to bring yogis together? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I've hired my teacher, Gina. Um, we start this week. Um, I've hired her as a mentor to me because she has been my mentor for so many years. Um, she's also my friend. I mean, we like absolutely love each other. So that helps a lot, but, um, she is older than me and she is more experienced and she does talk about content creation. I mean, that woman is a genius. She does (laughs) so many things. Um, and so I'm feeling a little bit of, like a lack of inspiration lately. Um, you know, this, the start of this year has felt better than the last two years for sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm hiring her because I'm looking for some guidance around that. Um, I love what my journey has been to this date. I mean, I used to run like a private, um, a special event yoga business. I've taught, you know, tons of corporations, different private clients. I've taught at so many different studios. So I've like, I've had my moments and I've had a lot of accomplishments and a lot to speak of and I'm looking for something more. And and I think it maybe comes down to like how I can serve. Um, Mm. I, I don't want it to necessarily be about me anymore. Um, And I think in, in the past, especially with like my addiction to social media, it was about like, look what I can do, you know? And I wanted to really maybe make an impact in somebody else's life um, off the mat more importantly than their journey and their practice. You know, I could teach you how to get into crow pose. I could teach you how to do a comfortable wheel, whether you're a little bit restricted in your shoulders or not. Um, And I also want to maybe teach you how to take that journey off of the mat and um, hopefully be a little bit more kind and civil to Mm. the other humans around you and maybe the planet, you know? so I'm not sure I have a clear answer. I do know that I have a lot in the works. I'm leading my first international yoga retreat this fall in Costa Rica. Um, you know, Erin Weimert, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She uh, just started a retreat business. So I'm working with her and she's helping me facilitate that. I'm leading a, a semi-local retreat here in uh, Northern California and Sonoma County in April and so those are two big endeavors. Um, I've also created a 22-day yoga challenge earlier this year, and that wrapped up last month. And so I'm working on repurposing that in other ways, either launching the challenge again or selling the content on my website. So I have some projects happening cool. that are getting me excited. And uh, I also, you know, TBD, I never know what's happening. I, I mean, you, you approve stuff. I mean, there's like, 
there's so many cooks in the kitchen or there's so many <laughs> Irons <laughs> eggs in the, in the basket. Irons in the fire. <laughs> I love it. And now it's amazing. Well, we'll definitely be sure to highlight your Costa Rica retreat on our, on the, on the end of description. And uh, oh, finally, what would, what's one golden nugget, one golden nugget that you want to share with the listeners as they move forward on their path as a practitioner, as a teacher, as a human and a soul, soul and a human. What yeah. is the, what's the one golden nugget? Um, well, I just want to first off give credit to you and Andrew, because, um, I remember living in Colorado in 2016 and you guys launching this, this podcast and knowing the two of you separately and, um, listening to your podcast while I was hiking around the Rocky mountains. And it was honestly, I would hike every Friday and it was one of the best years what best summers that I had because I just got to listen mm. to all these great wise sages and I wouldn't have happened without you. So thank you for that. Wow. I feel very thank honored you. that I'm part of this lineup. So thank you again. Thank you. Um, yes. Thank you, brother. Um, and because of that, I know this question is coming <laughs> and um, <laughs> I've also thought about it. So this is one of those rehearsed answers, but I, I feel like it's important that I give my 2022 mantra, which is, do less. Mm. Um, it came to me at some point late last year and I was like, I'm not sure if I want to like sign on to that. That sounds kind of sad <laughs> that, you know, do less. Like most people want to do more, right? This is, this is how we are in our Westernized society. And I actually think that's exactly what I needed to hear and what I needed to receive. Um, because I can still do more with less, right? I, I can hone in and focus on what I really want to create or who I want to spend my time with or how I want to spend my time um, and maybe find a little bit more peace and contentment with, with doing less. Um, I know it might not resonate with everyone, but I do hope it resonates with some people. I mean, think about how many songs there are about like gaining like love or gaining wealth or whatever it is, right? A lot of messages out there about that, but there's not a lot of messages about doing less. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that becomes, I think it is. I think people are softening. I think there's a um, a collective awakening about how we spend our time and, and, and what we consume. So um, yeah, do less. I've always liked to say do less and be more. Oh, that's good. I like yeah. that too. I love it, Janelle. Well, thank you so much for bringing your love, your wisdom, and your experience. Experience is one of the greatest teachers that we have to all of us at the Yoga Revealed podcast. And I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day. Namaste. Yoga Revealed listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And of course, share this episode on your story on Instagram and tag Danelle Yoga, Yoga Revealed, and myself, Alec Love Life Yoga. Now, if you feel excited to study with Danelle, you're inspired by her journey, and you want to maybe find yourself in Costa Rica later this year, head on over to her website, DanelleYoga.com, to learn more. And of course, be sure to follow her on Instagram and let her know what you thought about this conversation today. For those who are in the yoga teaching journey and seeking additional means of support, 
I understand and I feel you. I have been teaching yoga for just under 10 years now. Going from 15 to 20 classes a week was not sustainable for me. And I've been able to maintain teaching yoga through these last five years while building online residual income, sharing superfoods through a company that has been around for 30 years. Purium's network marketing model is an opportunity for yoga teachers to create sustainable income while walking in our dharma to study and serve yoga. If you feel ready to learn more, head on over to my Instagram, Alec Love Life Yoga, and book a call with me via the link in my calendar in my bio. Wherever your journey has you, may you remember that you make a difference every single day, especially when you hold your practice in your heart, just as you hold the world, others, and yourself in your heart. With infinite love, your brother Alec is sending you so much love from Boulder, Colorado. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.